welcome to the new episode of my podcast, Blind Soul Wash. I'm really sorry for the sound quality today, but I'm moving right now and everything is in a mess, so I don't have the decent equipment to record the podcast today. Yeah, moving can be quite challenging for a blind person, but I have a lot of friends to help me and there are certain tasks I can actually fulfill myself. It was quite funny because a few days ago I thought that the kitchen cupboard was the bathroom cupboard and then I knocked it against the door and it had glass on the front and uh, yeah, you can imagine what happened. (laughs) But yeah, you have to live with it. Being blind doesn't mean you can't carry anything, so I did what I could and the apartment's going to be great. I'm moving into a bigger apartment where we have more space to live. I'm really looking forward to when it's finished. After this short anecdote, I want to say thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it, and I really hope you like the topics I'm talking about in my podcast. Again, I want to remind you to please not forget to follow me on all social media channels such as Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please also have a look at my website www.kira-moser.com. Today's topic is going to be education. Imagine your child is diagnosed to be blind or at least visually impaired. I want to tell you what's the best way to educate the blind child to be independent. So the most important age is from zero to six. There you set all the basics. You set all the basics for motorical skills, for hearing skills, for orientation, and also for the social ability, for integrating, for integrating into a Seychelles society. Basically, I'm going to tell you a lot about what my parents did in order to educate me, because I am able to live an independent life as a blind person. I can study, work, find my way everywhere I want to, and I have sighted friends, and I'm in a sighted community of musicians. Of course, not every blind person has to be in the sighted community. There are a lot of blind people who only spend their time with other blind people. That's also not a problem, but maybe that's not the right thing for everybody. So the first important thing is integration. It's very important to visit normal schools and institutions from a very early age. As a blind person, you need a lot of effort to integrate yourself into the sighted community, and that's something you have to learn. If you never learn this, and then you come out of school, and you have to work in the sighted community, it can be hard for you to integrate yourself. Not only socially, but also in terms of orientation. This is the reason why integration is so important. Blind people can't always work among blind people, So at some stage they have to get used to the sighted community and the sighted world. So now I will give you a few practical tips you can do with a blind baby in order to set some good basics. One very important thing my parents always did with me is talk. Talk, talk, talk. As much as you can. It's so important to talk because a blind child never knows what's happening. A sense is missing. You have to compensate this sense. You have to talk and tell the blind child what's happening. If you always talk and tell the blind child what's happening, it will start to identify all the noises. So, for example, my parents said, I am taking the teacup. I am putting the teacup on the table. 
I am pouring water into the teacup. I spill something. Now I'm going to get the cloth and clean the water away from the table. So they were describing everything around them and then I started to hear what noise is what and I could identify this. So now if I go into a cafe or a restaurant, I can make myself some kind of an audible picture. So I hear from the right side the bar, the cutlery and stuff like this. From the left side I hear the tables. Maybe in front of me there is a toilet flushing, so I know that the bathroom is over there. And that's how I orientate myself all the time, especially in environments I don't know very well. The next thing, and that's the thing in general for a blind person, you should never ever leave a blind child where it is. You can just put a blind child into a corner and leave it sitting there for the whole day. It won't move because it doesn't know what's happening. The child would live in its own world and wouldn't be able to come out. Basically, you have to give the child the experience. You have to give the child exposure. And the more exposure you give a blind child, the more independent it's going to be. I was crawling around in our house and, of course, sometimes I hurt myself. But the thing is, if you don't bump into anything, you don't know it's there. So you're going to have a hard time with orientating yourself when you get older. Even now for me it's good to bump into things because if I do this I know where the things are. If I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where they are. Of course I can do a lot through echolocation, but still feeling the things is easier to locate them and to make myself a picture of the room. You have to be aware that a child learns 80% through seeing and copying. This is missing for a blind child. That's why you have to help the blind child to compensate this. For example, when I learned walking, my parents put my feet on their feet so I could feel the movement of walking. One very, very important thing for me was the trampoline. The trampoline was a square form trampoline and it had a handle on the front. Before I could even walk, I was jumping on the trampoline about four hours a day and I am sure it helped my balance and my motorical skills a lot. It was also to compensate the energy you can't really lose as a blind person. Sighted children crawl and run around and maybe play some running games. You can't do that as a blind child. I couldn't catch any other kids or something like that. So there is a lot of energy to be spent and that's why the trampoline was so important for me. Our living room table was the trampoline. <laughs> Another important thing was that I started the violin with two and a half because it really helped my body awareness and my fine motoric skills. I think it also was very good for my coordination. A great exercise my dad did with me very often was he let a key fall on the floor and I had to find it. I think I told you about this in one episode. It's basically an exercise for hearing and forgetting the feeling of how big the room is and where things are. A very important thing is also to expect from your blind child. So my parents expected that I had to do things on my own at some stage. They taught me how to take something out of the microwave, how to cook my food, how to tie my shoelaces and all sorts of other different things. Of course I couldn't manage to learn everything at the same time as a sighted person. But if my parents gave me more time, and if we trained enough, I actually learned everything I wanted to learn. One important thing is that my parents always exposed me to other sighted people. For example, they let me go on orchestra weeks 
are on Adventure Weeks are similar projects from the age of six. Every year in summer I was on a few weeks like this. That was a great experience because I had to live somewhere else on my own and I had to keep all my stuff sorted. That's a thing you learn very fast as a blind person. Keep your stuff at the same place because if you don't you won't find them anymore. <laughs> in general if a child gets diagnosed with blindness the doctors normally don't say that the child is fully blind right away because it's not certain. Often the child maybe has remaining sight. I am in the opinion that it's very important to still educate the child as if it was fully blind. You never know how much your child really sees and sometimes parents try to teach their blind children how to read and in the end the child ends up being fully blind. That's why I think it's very important to give every child the opportunity to learn braille. Here in Austria visually impaired children don't learn braille and often it happens that they turn blind because of their eye disease and then they have to learn it from the scratch. That can be very exhausting because the ability of reading braille is very hard. You have to train your fingers to be able to touch and identify very small particles. I trained that a lot as a child. There are certain exercises and things you can do with a blind child to practice their sense of touching and their ability of identifying very small objects. There are a few things blind children do in order to compensate the lack of sight. I don't really know how to call them. There are certain habits. It's still not really certain why blind children do this. One thing is poking your eyes. I still sometimes tend to do that. Another thing is shaking your body to the front and back again. Or also shaking your head. You have maybe seen Stevie Wonder doing this. Some blind children also jump on the same place or just turn themselves around all the time. Basically, those are things they don't have to do, so you just have to try to get rid of it as a parent. I think the only thing in order to get rid of this is to tell the blind child when he or she is doing that. Yes, I know it's weird, but nobody really knows yet why blind people have those habits. As I said, one reason could be that the brain tries to compensate the lack of sight. Another thing could be that, for example, the jumping and turning around in a circle is to compensate the energy you want to lose as a blind person. Because you don't have as much activity in a day as a sighted child does. That's what brings me to the next point. Sports is so important. I was in a lot of different sports clubs. I was in a trampoline club, I was in a judo club, I was in a normal gymnastics club. I did actually ride for nearly 15 years, I think. Yeah, so that's very important, not only for orientation and for for body awareness and stuff like that, but also for social skills and for meeting other people. One thing I want to say to bring it to the end is not only the integrating into the sighted world is important, but also the exposure to other blind people. It's very important for blind children and also for blind adults, even for me now, to have other blind friends. The reason is that it really helps to know somebody who has the same problem as you do. I can ask my blind friends, hey, how do you do that in school? Or how do you do that when you're studying? And that helps me so much because maybe you get to know an app you maybe didn't know before or yeah, other stuff like that. I am not a fan of schools for blind people, 
but I am definitely convinced that it's very important that blind people get the opportunity to meet and to exchange their experience. I hope I could tell you a lot about this topic. Again, sorry about the quality today. I want to thank you for listening. Stay safe, see you soon, and don't forget, blind, so what?